Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor's Storyline and Editing Podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Dan Kilby. What's up? And today we are covering uh, Season 38, Edge of Extinction, Episode 3. Another exciting title, Betrayals Are Going to Get Exposed. A really exciting title for a very exciting episode. Um, I personally thought this was one of the worst episodes of Survivor in years, like... Oh, this was, like, painfully terrible. And I think the one thing that's kind of weird is, like, recently, I think, like, Survivor, I think, has been in a little bit of a slump, minus David vs. Goliath, uh, since Millennials vs. Gen X. But I think all those seasons had, like, people would say strong pre-merges. Um, and this is, like, the first season that I feel like, like, this was a boring episode where uh, challenges dominated the screen time, like, by far. Um and I feel like this is the first time for me that there's been, like, weak pre-merge vibes going on. Yeah, it's a very slow start. Like, we've seen it here as we try to cover it. There's not a lot of stories going on. Um, sort of straightforward. Well, not quite straightforward, but not interestingly complex stuff going on on the tribes. Like, in I, this episode, yeah. Victoria literally was like... By the way, before we stop, here were the dynamics on Pama. Yeah, and, it was literally like an exposition dump for some reason, which I mean, yeah. I, obviously, uh, assumedly, that alliance will be important, and that's why they're sharing it. But, like, literally, like, it, it's giving me so many bad vibes where, like, like, Ron Clark had an advantage that expired in this episode and wasn't mentioned. Um, like, that kind of stuff is such horrible vibes. Like, frequently you see this kind of stuff happen and like in like really bad seasons like ron clark got like a little segment devoted to this advantage in the first episode that was an hour which is shorter than normal and this gets this advantage gets a decent chunk of time of him reading it discussing it how he's gonna use it and nothing just nothing dropped like a hat maybe he'll use it as like a fake thing later on that's the one hope i have um but otherwise like what a ball drop there um literally there was no content bef- on the tribes before the reward challenge it went from edge of extinction which i mean i guess some people online really liked that segment i thought it was kind of boring um but we go straight into a reward challenge and then st- into hurt wendy into chicken discussion into immunity challenge like that's not uh- Story I think you forgot about Queen Aubrey finding an idol. Oh, right. Yeah. That wonderful, exciting <laughs> moment. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess before we get any further, uh, did did you enjoy the Edge of Extinction segment? Um, I'm, I'm of two minds. I like how they played it out this episode where... It was a very long trek to get the resources they needed that felt like a good way to let them survive without like making it easy, but also not like having them super suffering. I just wish like, why didn't you do that episode one? Like, why couldn't Reem go on her own and we get those rules like straight out the gate? Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, like, there's a clear problem here where, um, it's sort of like a bad film where, like, a bad sci-fi film where, 
Like, if you don't establish rules, it's impossible for the audience to really connect to the characters. Um, yeah. And this is an example of that. It's like, um, I really don't know what the rules of Edge of Extinction are. Um, for example, uh, they have to go on this long trek to stairs on the map. Uh, they say it's a big island, and they say that they got there. It was a very long walk. Uh, Reem looked tired when she arrived, but she also hasn't eaten in three days and has been stranded alone. Um, I have no concept, personally, of how far that is. I feel like it did a poor job of uh, showing that. Like, it could have been somewhat, like, it could have been, like, half a kilometer or, like, ten miles, and I don't know. Um, and then it, th- then we just get a shot of Reem opening the rice and being like, oh, a small amount of rice. Um, I have no idea how little that is. I have no idea if, like, are these people starving to death or are they, is it, like, an average survivor person? Uh, that's the big reason why I think, um, like, the survival stuff often doesn't get shown is it's really impossible to, uh, truly understand, uh, somebody else's symptoms. Uh, like, it's like when someone describes how sick they are. And it's like, oh, yeah, this cold's terrible. And they describe it to you. Like, it's almost impossible to relate just how bad it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you get a cold, then, like, then it's like, oh, this is the worst thing in the entire world. But until you have the same cold, usually people are like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's real bad. That's the kind of feelings I think this thing, like, this does because it's not clear. Yeah, it's just there's so, so much vagary going on like i don't know like they didn't show us the full map so i have no idea of like where stuff is i don't know how long that trek is i don't know how much rice they got um it was weird that reem was really excited that they got rice and then she was like it's just a small amount of rice it was like yeah you don't need both of those things to tell the story it was just weird like that and then it's like so if you want to strategize from here like can you leave super early on a day to like go get the rice by yourself and hoard it like Mm -hmm. i don't know these things and are they allowed to build a shelter who knows they didn't tell um like all these things are very perplexing to me like it seemed like reams had reem had a fire pit and does that mean she also has a well does that mean she has like there's just so much unanswered questions that it just makes, like, it, it just doesn't work for me. And, like, I think cinematography-wise, they've done a good job in previous weeks of it. Like, it's raining or it's really dark. But I think the minute that they were there on the beach in the broad daylight, it just didn't seem that bad. Like, it looks, like, Fiji just looks, I think, a little bit too beautiful for what they're going for here. Um I just mm-hmm. thought I personally thought it didn't work and it was like a slog for eight minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. It feels like weird absurdist art, like here's the experience, and when it gets too bad, like raise the mask, but like we're not being shown the experience, so we're just being told it's like kind of not great and yeah. I don't know. It's, like is this miserable or is this like like you know what I mean? Like like Exile Island looked in my opinion, worse often. Like, like when they had Exile Island as a twist, it frequently yeah. looked worse than this feels right now. Um, obviously, this is longer, but I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm not a huge fan of how much screen time this thing is taking, though. I think, I think I'm happy with how it's being treated now, where it's like we check in at the beginning of the episode and then that's it. 
Like, mm. you know, that's your one segment of time. And then like the rest of it is hopefully devoted to the tribes that are still playing the game and strategizing, but that kind of doesn't work either. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the big failing of this episode for me was using a reward challenge. I really don't think it needed it. Um, Like, I mean, I guess we got some intrigue with the chickens, so it's not like the end of the world, but like, I feel like Extinction Island plus reward challenge plus immunity challenge equals like, like the Kama tribe was like not there at all. Like, there's so many invisibles in this episode. It really felt like unless you were a returnee or somebody who hates a returnee, you didn't matter. Uh, that's really worrying going forward. Yeah, it felt like like something we haven't seen in a while. Like, it felt like a galoo or it something did. where just one tribe is ignored and it's not great. Like, even Navidi wasn't like this. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just doesn't know. matter. Um, and I, this, I think the worrying part for me is I think this is still our complex tribe. Um, I'm worried that this is going to be a tribe that really dominates this game and they just didn't develop at all. Mm-hmm. Or didn't take this early time to develop and yeah. instead spent, spent it on... I guess I hope that the things they're spending it on on Man- Manu like, mean something. Like me too. Like if Wendy goes soon, I don't want that. If like this David Kelly thing is all just like the pre-swap content, like I want it to mean something later on. So I agree. Um, and I guess like moving forward. So uh, after the reward challenge, we go to um, Aubrey being sad and finding an idol. Um, I personally, I mean, okay, viewers will probably know, not the biggest Aubrey fan, but I found this scene, like, like, whatever, she's, like, okay to me. She's not, like, I feel like I got, like, an Aubrey hater reputation. I'm not. She's fine. I found this scene insufferable. Like, I was (laughs) groaning and rolling my eyes, and, like, I really thought it was horrible. Um, like, how, and it has me so worried for the future of this season. Um. So I, I guess spoiler alert for the rest of this episode. For me, my take on this episode is this was either like an edgic nuclear bomb that made making me completely reconsider everything about this season, uh, which before has had like a pretty strong newbie stance and stuff like that. Or it's just meaningless and it's just like a thank you episode, like a kind of like a bottle episode. Uh, if this was like a scripted television show, um, and I'm not sure which one it is, but this scene here makes me really hope it's the bottle episode and not, a complete restructuring of the storylines. Um, Cause I'm sorry. I just don't want the story of how hard it is to be a returnee when every stat shows the opposite. Um, every season of every reality show ever shows the opposite that it's clearly an advantage. And if she's on the bottom, like it's clearly her own doing. Um, and I just don't want the story to be like, Oh, poor sad Aubrey. Uh, makes her way through. Uh, It has me very worried. Uh, What did you make of this whole thing? Well, first off, I think it's interesting that you didn't care for the Aubrey scene, because I think with someone you legitimately like, like, you would love that scene. You would, like, be crying, too. Like, I know you. Um, uh, But 
Yeah, for me, it's the same way. Like, looking at this episode and looking at who I had as contenders, it is, like, my thought right now is either this entire pre-swap was sort of just, like, filling time until we get to some swap tribes that are more dynamic and more interesting and mean more moving forward. Um, Or they are doing weird things. Like, we were supposed to really sort of see Aubrey at the bottom and then watch her save herself by finding an idol. Um, Or there's some people in the Manu tribe that really do matter a lot and are going to be very important moving forward. But yeah, right now I think, I think right now I'm going to stick with what I was thinking the first two episodes, but I know this swap could change a lot of things and I'll try to, point out where i think i see those yeah and like we obviously frequently say the premiere the swap and the merge episodes are the most important um and so it's a little cliche to say yeah the next episode's really important but like holy cow the next episode is important this season that'll like i think really clarify the narrative here because i can kind of see it going a multiple different ways but overall i just uh before we get into like the stories and everything I think this episode was, like, a failure. Um, I, like, Wendy's stuff was fun. Um, The challenges were actually good. Like, I think they were pretty well-developed challenges. But I felt like there's no clear narrative. Um, It felt really rushed at the end in what could have been, like, a really fun episode. Um, Like, strategically, with Chris, like, blowing up his own spot and all that. It just felt, like, glossed over. The least complex way to show it. Like, it really felt like... David was just like, Kelly's gonna go, Kelly's gonna go, Kelly's, oh, I guess it's six one vote or whatever. Um, which was not exactly exciting, but um, it had potential, I guess. Um, and yeah, I, I just think comma being ignored was very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I think I, I disagree with you. I'm still on the these challenges are bad train. Like, it's just physical stuff. And then either like, a carnival game or a puzzle at the end. And like, I want something new and unique. Not okay. doing it for me. I, I am actually going to agree. I think the challenge. So I think I really liked the construction of the slingshot part. That was uh, pretty like, cool. Like how the barrow turns into another thing, which turns into the slingshot. Like that was the cool part for me. Uh, other than that, I do think it was a little generic, but mm-hmm. I don't think they, uh, I think the challenges were like, average to fine and the, the re- if the rest of the episode really carried it above it could have been a good episode but i think uh with as much challenge focus as it had plus the like middling extinction content i don't think anything lifted it above yeah maybe if you're and a I huge think, Aubrey fan it would i don't know i think the like post immunity challenge stuff was pretty good like yeah. it was a full picture of what was going on which was nice um but yeah i wasn't like raving about the episode after it was done and i feel like generally on this season i'm just sort of watching and like obviously i have this project to keep me watching but there's nothing like like i'm i'm pretty passive about it which Mm -hmm. is weird so like my take is basically i think that after the immunity challenge it was well done my problem is I wish I knew why these people liked each other. 
I feel like this season has largely failed to really construct a character uh, or really any characters. I think Wendy's been developed. And I think other than that, any return or, or any new player has basically not been developed. Um, and like, I kind of just wish like, I wish I knew why Victoria liked Ron Clark. I wish I knew why, like, I wish I knew why these things happened. I feel like camp life has like not been shown. I feel like we haven't got to see people just interacting and just being like friendly with each other. And that just has me really worried for uh, the season as a whole. Like, I feel like we don't know why these people like each other, why they dislike each other. What does Chris like about war dog? Who knows? Um, And that's the thing that has me the most worried is I feel like edge of extinction cuts out every quirky scene where you get to see people laughing and interacting, which is like what, everyone loved about David versus Goliath is it was funny and charming. Um, and this one just has none of that. Like nothing like other than like Wendy, Wendy being wild really happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that like ghost Island has this twist that requires a dedicated segment. You see the edit gets spread really thin. Um, David versus Goliath doesn't have that. And you get lots of, really interesting characters and fun scenes. And then we go back to edge of extinction, which requires like airtime and then Mm -hmm. it forces the rest of the edit to not be great. So yeah, take a lesson. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess that's probably, do you have any other sort of just general thoughts about the episode before we move forward? I do not. I'm so glad we got that uh, cliffhanger resolved though. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I was I was on the edge of extinction, wondering just like, and like I guess before we move on, like that was so poorly handled too. Like they made us wait for a cliffhanger of if Keith will go, and then it was just immediately just a shot of him in the boat. Like, yeah, what a horrible way to handle that. I thought. Um, I think it's just the one time someone was not like, yeah. Of course, I'm giving it another chance. Like you saw Chris at the end of this, just be like, yeah, yeah. So, so like. I think that's just a portent for the season being like, yeah, everyone's going to go to the edge of extinction and at least try it. So, yeah, maybe you're right there. So yeah, I guess we'll move on to the stories here. Um, and so our first story here, we've had it this whole time. It's clearly there and important is uh, mothers, women, gender roles, all that kind of good stuff. Um, all wrapped into this one kind of singular theme. Uh, most prevalent on Edge of Extinction. Obviously, we have Reen mm-hmm. literally being like, you know, I was going to leave, but now I'm his mom. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, that was the big thing. It made me feel good about still having this story here because, like, there's something there. There's something mm-hmm. to it. And now she's going to be Chris's mom, too. And it's just going to be great. Um, I don't know if it played in elsewhere. I didn't. Like, I really see it with like Victoria, so that's all of comma covered. Aubrey, <laughs> I don't think had it. Um, and I guess the one thing you could do is if, like, in the one universe where this episode is meant to be an edric bomb, so like a uh, like reframing of the narrative. Uh, in the previous episode, Julie and Victoria are kind of voices of like, where's the idol? Like, I wish girls found idols, like, but wow, they're so hard to find. Um, Aubrey, and then Lauren finds one as like an aggressive female. Um, now we have Aubrey being like aggressive female finds that, uh, as a pretty strong counter to the previous week's narrative 
about females finding them. That's a general thing. And that's really good for Aubrey and pretty bad for Julie and Victoria. Mm. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of depends on if you see it as a reframing of the narrative or just kind of a bottle episode. Yeah, I'm not sure. I. It's just weird because, like, Julie didn't get anything here. So, like, I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. So. I personally think it bodes pretty poorly. Um, it almost seems like this, like, it, it, it really feels crafted, this arc of, like, Julie and Victoria being like, wow, where's the idol? And then in the next episode, Aubrey finds it seemingly with not too much difficulty um i feel like that's probably connected uh same with lauren on the other side there uh so it's probably really good for aubrey and lauren that it's stated there that's an aggressive thing um but like this theme feels less uh winery than it did yeah because aubrey and lauren like conventionally don't feel like winners right now agreed so yeah um, and then actually the only thing, just as a quick general thought, I do want to say that I thought there was one beautiful cinematography thing when you had Wendy sitting there like crying about the chicken. Um, and like you, in the, like you had her sitting behind a tree with a chicken cage with like a group of people around it. And they kept increasingly becoming more grotesque with the description of what they're going to do to the chicken. Like, um, uh, Wentworth says something like, oh, yeah, like you got to like hang them up for like hours uh, while like you <laughs> feather them. And then Wardog's like, yeah. And then like you gotta, like slice their uh, like, like whatever. Like it, it, I thought that was a very well handled scene where it was uh, like this poor girl's just listening to these horrific descriptions of what they're going to do to the chicken. Yeah. Just how it was set up where like, oh, yeah, we'll set you down so you can rest your ankle. And then it's next to all this. Yeah, discussion, and so. like you just see the pull away of like it, it, it reveals like all like it, it's very funny the way it worked. But that was my favorite scene of the entire episode. But it, I don't think that has anything to do with women generals or motherly figures. Yep. Uh, I guess it does have to do though with our next theme, which I think at this point we officially have to label as a theme and not just a thing they keep talking about is new players versus old players. Um, which I'm extremely worried is a story of how the new players missed their shot. Hmm. Um. I I guess so. It's weird to think of the Kama tribe who like so much more despise their old players as like missing their shot just because they didn't go to tribal council, like. That seems weird, but, like, I get it. Like, it's definitely prevalent that, like, the old players aren't aren't strengths to your game. They're, like, obstacles. Yes. So. Um, and this was, like, poorly, like, this was, this episode voted very poorly for the figureheads of the anti-returnee thing. Um, I mean, notably Gavin and Eric were not on the episode. Mm-hmm. Victoria and Ron were in the episode and looked very bad when they were discussing Joe and Aubrey. And then Joe's like, hello, <laughs> behind you. Yeah. Uh, like, I think that there was a lot of really bad things. Um, even you could even put it on Chris, the ultimate boot here. David goes to him and he's like, listen, this is what you need to do 
in order for this to happen and Chris fails. Like it seems like this episode seemed like look how great the returning players are and look how horrible these newbies are. Yeah. And like you said, even in the face of adversity with air quotes, because they're being targeted, but like they're surviving despite the odds when I feel like, I don't know. David obviously isn't fitting that, which I don't know if that's good for his chances because he's just not fitting into the storyline. Like, David almost feels like you could say, oh, the Manu tribe already got rid of their other returning player. Like, and Kelly's the only one left. It just feels like David's there, so. Yeah, like Reem was the returning or something. Um, (laughs) Like, I definitely agree, and I'm very concerned that the story here, and I think this might be the story, is um, like set up in a way to make the old, the returning players are underdogs who are now going to, like, Aubrey who was on the edge of being voted out uh, manages to survive, flip the table right before the swap, is now here, um, and is no longer not, is, is, and like, maybe it's a way to make the casual because like i guess maybe they're scared that um these returning players get like i mean to use big brother canada netted where they are fan favorite in their previous seasons they show up and everyone hates them um if they go on to win like it doesn't look super well same with coach like i, I feel like people naturally don't want to root for the returning player this could be a kind of a ham-fisted way and narrative to bring sympathy and empathy to these returning players so that when they win, it's like, oh, no, look, they struggle. They got over this uh, ridiculous hump. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it would be interesting to look back at all the seasons with a mixed cast where, the, where a returning player has won, which is like almost all of them. It's just not Guatemala and so specific. Yeah. So, uh, but like how they're presented and. Are they negative or not? I think it's a pretty wide, wide split. So, yeah, and that's the know. thing is like, I like I think that there's a good chance that that's what's happening here, and maybe Kamala goes to tribal and they boot Aurora or whatever. Um, it's like, yeah. like I don't know. Like, I I think this is the first week where I've really considered these returning players having a pretty good shot. Um. Which I really did last week. I was like, okay, returning players not winning. This is the first one where I'm like, ooh, this could easily be a narrative change. Um, Very similar, actually, to Nick last season in Ghost Island, who totally would have been the first boot. Um, And then his narrative from then on gets reframed to like, now this is my second chance kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like the Aubrey crying scene felt very much like that. Hmm. I don't know. Just that second episode, like thinking about all the dialogue she wanted to have, like, that's not a good, like, that's not something you, I guess this is more Aubrey talk, but like, I don't know if you show that if you're saying, oh, these players almost took her out for no reason, but she got back up and fought. So that's true. But that's Aubrey talk. We'll get to that later. You can easily <laughs> see that in a winter montage of like they struggled at first, but but I feel like it's probably not Aubrey. I feel like this could be like with any of these stories, it's like 
it might be a singular thing, but it speaks more broadly for the story as a whole. But yeah, like that could easily bre- bode very well for Kelly Wentworth or whatever. Um, yeah. But next up, we got uh, checklists, the experience. Uh, Aubrey talks about this a lot. Uh, this kind of merged with our previous theme of like, this is what people want to do in Survivor. The things that they want to accomplish in order to feel accomplished. Yeah. And this was when I sort of like noticed on, right, when Aubrey started talking about the two things she hadn't done, which was find an idol and win. So now she's done one of them. But uh, in, I think, the second episode, Rick mentioned at the Tribal Council that he has a checklist of things like notching the tree. Um, I don't remember what the second one was, but and doing a blindside. So. Yeah. Stuff like that. Ron mentions how he just didn't want to be the first boot, but now he wants to do so much more, which great job, Ron. You did yep. so much with that advantage. Um, but it's definitely a thing. Like Eric describes he wants to learn everything himself. He doesn't want the returnees to tell him what to do. He wants to learn things himself. Uh, that's this kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of a focus on this, and this very well may be our main narrative. Uh, Kelly yeah. Wentworth wants to understand people better. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Like, this all ropes in. Um, and I think a lot of our contenders here have um, a key tie to this theme. Uh, this is the one that I think is going to stick around long term. Yeah. Especially on Extinction Island. Like, you, I, I'm sure we'll see a lot of people being like, my goal is to make jury, so I'm never quitting until jury or whatever. <laughs> But yeah, we're just now thinking about it. You can think of a ton of examples like Julie in the first episode being like, I need to like figure out how to survive out here. Gavin wanting to find the idol. Like so mm-hmm. a lot of the people who are considered as contenders right now are getting parts of this. So I feel like it plays in somewhere. Along Julia just wants screen time. <laughs> Did she say that? Who's Julia? Know. Yeah, who's Julia? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and like that's the thing is like I feel like this is gonna be important. Um, oh, Joe wants to not be Joeing amazing this time. Like mm-hmm. it, it really is all encompassing here. Um, and like this is one that's so easy. Like so, someone's gonna check this box really hard, and it's gonna yeah. be like, okay. They're probably winning, kind of thing. I feel like this is gonna be one of those ones that bears really strong fruit. Yeah. Uh, anything um, else on that one? Or? No, I think that's, yeah, I think that's good. Uh, so from that one, we'll move on to a theme from last week, which is, as Aubrey called it, Kumbaya Survivor versus Gameplay Survivor. And, I mean, we didn't see this on Kama because we didn't see a lot on Kama, but I think we did see it in the Manu Tribal Council, sort of like the idea of, voting out your just weakest players in the tribe phase versus realizing your tribe is self-destructing and just playing the game and mm-hmm. starting to get bigger threats out, which they ended up doing. So, Yeah, and Rick even says, like, oh, maybe when we swap, like, we'll be better players because we've dealt with this before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a theme. Um, it's kind of an ironic theme, though, because... Aubrey saying like Aubrey brings this theme up while she's in the midst of being 
at, at that point, the obvious boot unaware mm-hmm. term at that time. Um, so it's like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what to make of it. Like, I don't know. I think we almost are supposed to side with no Kumbaya survivors better. You think so? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it depends. Cause it's either an excuse. Like, look, Aubrey totally would have been like, like, um, like she would have been in a way better position if, uh, she got her way or it could be look Aubrey didn't win these other two times because uh she mistakenly thought that going to tribal early is better you know I mean I think there's two sides there I don't know which yeah. one's gonna win out. I'm trying to think like trying to slot where Wendy fits in on this because Wendy's like voted wrong at every tribal council so far and just mm-hmm. like is more playing for just her survival and not for either one of these like yeah not really Kumbaya Survivor because that's just not how she is. But like also not gameplay because she just went on a crusade to not have the chickens killed. So mm-hmm. as she's an interesting piece that I think if this is truly a big story, we'll find a place for her sooner or later. Or she'll get voted out and yeah. it won't matter. So uh, my guess of that, but <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Wendy. I love her. Um, yeah, I honestly like like I feel like this is gonna be an important one. Like, and yeah, like I feel like this also probably ties into like social game versus strategy game kind of thing, um, and could be laying the groundwork for kind of like a more quiet winner. But it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's always like a way where they try to put that in but not as blatantly like social versus strategic like yep with um with uh ghost island we saw it with like just dominic versus wendell and Mm -hmm. all that and then and yeah uh, they laid the groundwork for that early on and then i mean like we were always strong on like yeah wendell's gonna win because like yeah dominic's better strategist or whatever but the narrative is saying that the social game is going to win here. Um, and this and then, feels like this right now to me feels like a season where the social game is winning. Um, but yeah. I think this theme needs to be a little bit more clarified. I th- I'm sure it's going to come up more. Yeah. Um, yep. So next up, we got our final theme story here, uh, which is unpredictability, always on the edge of being voted out, um, which at this point just is certainly Aubrey's story. Yeah. And Kelly, um, I guess. Yeah, if you're really going for the edge of being voted out thing, I'm trying to think of ways unpredictability sort of fits in. Like, I don't know if they strongly promoted it and how Chris got voted out because, well, I guess they do have David saying, like, good thing my name hasn't gotten back to Kelly because, like, we're the ones targeting him. Her, her so there's a bit of like you could say that's just the luck of the game like chris shouldn't have gone home if they're really going for the person the two people at war so mm-hmm. i don't know and kind I of see- rambling on that but it's just i think there's of- actually a good point in there where wendy fits in so like 
predictably, Wendy should just be getting voted out. And David touches on this and being like, somehow in a miracle, Wendy's not even on the table anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of like the strangeness of Survivor, where somebody who, as Wardog puts it, is a complete liability in the challenges, uh, is a mess around camp, strategically is voting on the wrong side and super stubborn, is still not a target. You know what I mean? Like, it's not getting voted out here. Um, yeah. This theme's all over the place here. It's And it, it was also Jeff Brooks's initial thing, which I, I guess apparently is now just definitely something to pay attention to. Uh, somehow. But um, I don't know how that works. Do do they cram it in after? I don't know. But um, it's clearly <laughs> a cross-season, a whole entire season thing. Um, and I think it bodes really well for Aubrey Kelly specific and Wendy specifically. Um, that I think at this point, I'm if somebody is presented as almost getting voted out and they survive, it's going to be very good for them this season. Yeah. Which kind of happened to Wendy. Yeah. I would say the people like in a good spot from that right now are the, obviously the returnees um, and Wendy, everyone else, like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure this will come up again. Like, yeah, there's uh, just not been a, a lot of opportunities for someone to be almost voted out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, if somebody like is, I, I'd say on the swap, look out for um, if like somebody's like getting the Aubrey treatment on their swap tribe. It's like I'm definitely gonna get voted out. Like, if somebody's like, Gabby on this season, where it's like, if I if I if we go to tribal, I'm going home. Like, and they win the whole time. Like, I, that's somebody to watch out for. Um, there's a lot of things like that. I think that. Are precarious um, when. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I think the winner will dodge a vote. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking for like a four-one split, like four commas and one Manu, or like um, a three-two split at the tribal council, where like someone gets two votes and they're like, "Oh, I could have gone home," but stuff like that. So. I guess before we move on, I have one question for you. So I think the two people the most in this position are Aubrey and Kelly. Aubrey is cognizant of the fact, it seems, that she is under the gun. Like she's in danger. Kelly mm-hmm. seems like the narrative of this episode was David and Rick got away. There was a getaway car and blaming it on Chris, and they took it. So Kelly mm-hmm. has no idea that David's coming for her. Is that a positive thing to this theme, or is this a negative thing to this theme? To Kelly? Yeah. Um, I think I want to say negative. I just, I can't imagine how it could be portrayed positively for Kelly. Be like, she makes it to final tribal council and people are just like, there are like three tribal councils where we almost voted you out. So like, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Whereas Aubrey, it's like, yeah, I was on the bottom from day one. Like, that's just a good final tribal council, like, starting point and to make it there. So I think good for Aubrey, bad for Kelly. Yeah, I kind of lean that way too. I can kind of see the narrative where it is Kelly swaps away from David um, and it's like she's not aware, so it doesn't matter kind of thing. Um, maybe Rick's there and he's like, I totally almost would have voted her out, but uh, now I guess I'm reluctantly working with the person who was my enemy for this whole time or whatever. Um, 
I could see that being positive for her, but yeah, in, I, in most cases, I feel like this is not particularly good for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess we'll. Uh, that's probably good for our story section here. Um, so we'll start just as we always will with the edge of extinction. Actually, we might not always start with the edge of extinction because I feel like if there's like 15 people here, like like <laughs> yeah, we like I'm already like. I feel like our places on these people are going to be pretty cut and dry. Yes. As they get sent here and with the limited screen time they're getting. So. So first we got Keith here, um, who basically had no impact. Yeah. Like, like I guess I would say this segment felt very, if anyone is coming back, let alone winning, it felt like it was Reem. Yes. We got, okay, let's not skip over Keith completely. Like, I I don't know what to say though. He was like there. He he He's went with Reem. To Reem. Yeah, like like I, it just wasn't his like wasn't story. his episode. Yeah. Um. He like obviously he gets content, but it's like completely throwaway. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I think he's somebody I would be very comfortable writing off as not coming back. Yeah. Especially with the cliffhanger. Maybe that's the way to throw shade. I don't know. <laughs> I um, guess. On the yeah. other hand, yeah, Rain, on the other hand. like, in this, like, bomb, edgic bomb of an episode, I was like, is Reem, like, winning this? Like, like, is she coming back and, like, I could learning easily from see Reem mistakes? being the return. But not the winner? I mean, I feel like. I think the thing with Edge of Extinction is they need, like, it needs to be edited. Like, I think I need more time before I can consider an Edge of Extinction person winning. Um, yeah, it's tricky because it's not something, like, we've seen Redemption Island, but this is strangely different. So, like, it is weird to consider someone. But when the, when, like, this episode happens, it's just like, Reem didn't look the worst. Like, they could have made Reem look awful. Mm-hmm. They're playing her very sympathetically going forward, so... She has a narrative. Like, yeah. Like, I would put Reem above on my contenders list a significant portion of the cast still in the game. Yeah, I think should be, like, around 7th or 8th-ish. I'd have to write it down, but yeah, I, I like, I, like... Reem has a significantly better shot than Julia, than a lot of these people. Um, and, like, that's something that you can't, like, write off. But I do think we need, like, um, a clear sign of if, like, is, like... Because, like, Edge of Extinction could easily just, like, get under-edited or, like, no real stories. But if it's really edited as, like, this horrible place where, like, they're barely surviving and only the hope of, uh, like, the dream of Survivor can bring them back, like... Mm-hmm. That's when it'll become a p- potential for a winner to come from it. Like, um, I think it really has to be pretty over the top. Right now, I think it's it's like right in the wave. Mm. It'll be interesting to see Chris coming because I doubt either Keith or Reem are expecting that, and how Reem interacts with someone who voted her out, which like Keith did, but like. 
they had a bond before that, whereas Chris, mm. like, I don't know if Reem and Chris really connected. I think Chris, like, responded to her at the tribal council, but yeah. that was it. So. He's the one who was like, listen, Reem, I have no problem with you. Like, I think you're a sweet girl, but I think some of the other people do. Like, so, I mean, <laughs> that's a subtle way to put them together, I guess. Um, and I, I guess just briefly touching on Chris, he's, I don't think he's got a chance to come back here. Well, we'll talk about them later. Yeah, we'll talk about them later. But yeah, so that's like the <laughs> end of Extinction. Uh, yeah. We'll be tracking them as we go. Uh, and we're going to start here with the tribe that... Uh, Got less content than the Edge of Extinction. Yeah. The Kama they, tribe. They did. Uh, nine of these people is less interesting than Reem. Um, <laughs> so obviously we start with Aubrey, who had like her breakup episode. Like, um, like a pretty, good episode. Yeah. Like... A, a great episode, I would even uh, pause it. Um, her enemies looked terrible or were invisible. Uh, she got to one-up them by finding an idol. And then she got a clear narrative for the future. Um, at this point, I say Aubrey's in the merge. Um, Aubrey's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and honestly, this is the first time I've considered her as a potential winner. Yeah. I think that second episode is to just like we said, like I said, like if your narrative is like Aubrey almost got cut by some conniving new players, you don't show her giving them reasons to be conniving. Like That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I think on the flip side, last season, Nick Wilson dug himself a grave that we got to see. Actually, no, the reason he, you know what? Mm, no, yeah, because in uh, David vs. Goliath, he says, like, I'm doing such a good job at hiding that I'm not doing work. These people are stupid kind of thing. Uh, and then we get immediately Pat and Carl being like, he's not doing anything. Let's vote him out. Um, if, that can, if Nick can get that, Aubrey can get this, I think. Um, <laughs> especially with these themes. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to have her at the top of my list. Next episode really needs to clarify whether I'm supposed to be like, yes, Queen, go Aubrey. Or if I'm like, her time's up. Uh, like, but I think sure. either way, she's making, like, I would say she's not in any danger on this swap. Um, if, to me, her, she at least feels like she's going to get the new life at the swap edit. Sure. I would say a response to Nick is that Nick also had that weird story in the first episode, so it wasn't, like, straight negative in that premiere. True. Like, Nick was the first mixed tone premiere to ever win. Edic was broken. Um, but in episode two, like, Aubrey was just pure negativity. So that's very true. And, and like, I deserved and, like, dug into the, Yeah, like, that's like, that's a fair point. Um, and I'm just not feeling the Aubrey win, like, on a fan level or, like, yeah. Edic wise. If you're a fan of Aubrey, this episode's really good for you because she, like, I, I really do think, like, before I was like, oh, I really think this is like an excuse that she's gonna leave on the swap kind of thing. Um, but now I really think her narrative makes sense to make to the merch. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, technically, like everyone's making merch, uh, <laughs> but. I don't know. I don't get that feeling. I feel like Aubrey could be in just as much trouble. Hmm. Yeah, it really depends on how you view the episode, I think. like, um, I guess for the purpose of this podcast, I'm largely going to be taking the side of this is a reframing of the narrative. And 
under that guise, I think. Aubrey's like up the charts, you know. I feel like we're just like going like to worst case scenarios for our own personal like fanhood. Like <laughs> I'm like, this is bad for Aubrey, and you're like, this is good for Aubrey and Yeah, I'm like having nightmares that this is good for Aubrey. <laughs> I just really thought it's like like it's I you get no sympathy for me, returning player who finds idol, like I don't know, like <laughs> like but she's been looking for three straight seasons and she hasn't done it. It only took being on a tribe full of newbies <laughs> that uh, don't even bother looking for her to find. Ah, uh, that's true. So inspirational. See, that's, that's kind of a like subtle bad thing. Is that like, mm-hmm. yeah, you found an idol. Well, I don't know. You found an idol, but these newbies don't care. So like, <laughs> yeah. Was it? To quote Julia, are there even idols? Are there, though? So, yeah. Um, I don't know if I really have anything else to say about Aubrey. Uh, this is the first one where I'd say she can win. Yeah. I see it now, but I don't believe it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like she's not, like, a top candidate. Um, but, like, this would be, like, like a pretty good... Um, like, if this was, like, a two-hour episode with the previous episode... I'd be like, she's winning, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's definitely crafted. So like, there's a bunch of positive things there. But yeah, for the most part, it's hard to say. Yeah. So let's move on here to Aurora. Uh, who I think <laughs> of everybody had by far the worst episode. I mean. Hmm. Joe, I'm willing to make a wager here. Yeah. I will bet you a coffee. Like, I will buy you a coffee if Aurora makes the merch. <laughs> I think I'll take that. Okay, well, let's do it. Um, I don't, like, Aurora winning, no. Yeah. Aurora making the merch, like, maybe. I don't know. Like, what if Aubrey and Aurora are together on a swap drive? I don't know. This is giving me Natalia vibes. This is, like, the randomly thrown into the Kara Dan uh, Natalia. It's like, oh yeah, me and Kara are best friends, and also we have Natalia. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, Natalia got swapped away from them and got voted out. No way. Um, I I feel like Aurora is top candidate to feel the wrath of this newbie six that hates the returnees. Um, and they're in their triumphant big move. They take out quiet girl who... Uh, Loves like, dancing. Yeah, loves yeah. dancing. I I really think that this is like like a really thinly veiled like, oh no, she got swapped away from her people and she'll have a confessional being like, oh no, I loved the returnees and now I'm <laughs> gone. Or even swaps with Joe, who she loves so much. Um, and then Joe votes her out or something. Like, I really feel like I feel like Aurora is dead in the water. Maybe. But technically, everyone makes the merge, so it's a bet I can't lose. <laughs> okay, to be clear for our deal, I mean, gets voted out before the merge. Yes, I know. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it w- I would say, like, does Julia's episodes not even count at this point? Because, like, every episode that she doesn't get content is just another nail in the coffin. Whereas, like, with Aurora... It was weird how it was presented, I guess. Like, yeah. 
I do think that there it might be a worse sign to get a, a throwaway confessional every episode than it is to be invisible at this point. Like, it seems like the invisible, invisible, invisible sixth place boot or whatever, uh, or like mid-emerge boot seems to be like a trend. Whereas mm-hmm. quiet girl who gets throwaway confessional seems like the victim of the swap drive. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. She has no narrative other than liking returnees, and there's, like, I don't know. I really think that, like, Victoria's victory is going to be killing Aurora, which makes me so sad. (laughs) Poor. (laughs) So much potential, too. Like, remember when we were like, Aurora's going to be, like, the mega villain of this season? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I I did call that. I think there's a good chance she's more like Angela. Um, True. So... And maybe she'll deep throat some slugs. Uh, <laughs> I guess okay. moving on, we have Eric. And like also Gavin, like we can, yeah, we could just kind of I literally on. can't like they didn't have an episode, which is like weird uh, for both what of them. I mean they are in a six person life. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. God, this um, was a bad episode for them. Um the like, two darlings up until this point yeah and i don't know i've been strong on gavin like i think that premiere is solid yeah so i don't want to take him off my like top of the list but i feel like i should move eric down like i feel like this doesn't match archetypically i agree i think this is the kind of thing that is really worrying like Gavin, I think you can get away with. Eric, I feel like, has been too invisible to get this. Like, like Gavin's been, like, middle of the road, middle of the road invisible. Like, that's almost okay. I feel like mm. Eric's been a little too invisible before this. I guess the big thing to think about as we slide through the rest of the six-person alliance is why did you give Victoria this confessional instead yeah. of any of the other five? And I think with Julie later on, I can see why not. With these two, it's kind of like Eric is the alpha male leader of this. Like, he definitely would have said that. He's very anti-returnees. Gavin is a super fan, and I feel like he would have seen this as well. So, like, also weird. But there's always the chance that no one else said it. Maybe beautifully, I guess. Or even maybe Gavin's, maybe Eric's just saying anti-returny stuff and doesn't rope Aurora in. Yeah, they don't have a, they don't have the leg up to boot her on the swap tribe. Um, but I, I do agree. This is really bad. I think some of this content could have gone to them. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, with like the one maybe sign is like. Maybe if the arc is like, like if we're meant to not like Victoria, this could be good for them. Like if it's like, look, they also wanted to do it, but they weren't dumb like Victoria. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it wasn't, it didn't go in enough on Victoria. So I, I think this is just bad for them. I don't know. I'm very conflicted about Victoria as well. Me too. Uh, 
I don't know. Like halfway <laughs> into this episode, I was like, mark it down, Victoria's the winner. And then Joe showed up behind her. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And I guess the one thing, so Eric, like, he's the one who more cl- plainly puts being against the returnees. He talks about liking Gavin. That's still a good sign. So with these two in particular, at least they're still a duo. They get mentioned again. Um, I think one point of, um, I guess, positivity for them is in the past seasons where we've had um, some, like a winner eventually go on to win, obviously, uh, and be invisible. <laughs> It, mm-hmm. It's been more common recently than um, people let on, I think. Sarah was invisible uh, in episode three of Game Changers. Yeah. Wendell was invisible right before the swap. Um, and in both those cases, they got weird mentions. So uh, Sarah said something weird at the challenge. I forget what it is. Uh, Wendell's <laughs> the one who said, um, Jacob Derwin said, uh, Malolo's the best tribe of all time, and Wendell said, uh, yeah, he's he's trying to do something, and they sent him to Ghost Island or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or they said, don't send him, or whatever. Um, so they both got like these weird like one-sentence things in those moments. Eric and Gavin get mentioned in this alliance. Good. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's not, death, it's not a death sentence to be invisible, especially if you're like, like, I put Eric probably on the same tier as Wendell in terms of, like, entertainment, they're not exactly, uh, they're not Dominic. They're not, uh, you know I mean? They're not, Victoria's more interesting than Eric. Um, mm-hmm. So those are okay signs. Um, and the issue is Wendell had an amazing premiere. And they had a, a pretty good premiere. I, I think Gavin had a strong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe Gavin. I should just, like, all of it cumulatively can drag Eric down, but... I don't want to hop off the Gavin ship yet. I agree. And I think we kind of made a mistake in Ghost Island. Like, I was pretty consistent on Wendell, except for in that post-swap little phase where he went really quiet. Um, And I think I'm going to stick with Gavin near the top of my list, too, because, like, I think at this point it's common enough that they are willing to put the when are a little bit low visibility in these like not important mm-hmm. pre-merge episodes. You know what? These two need a strong swap episode. Yes. <laughs> like, like Gavin honestly needs like, I'm free. Like CPP five, like no, Eric needs CPP five. Gavin needs content. Like Gavin yeah. needs like, okay. Per swap episode. Eric to be a winner needs like amazing swap content. Yeah. Like, I think both of them just need some, like, stance of where they are on the new tribe. Just, yes. like, a solid, like, not, I guess I don't know what else you do. Just, like, not, like, not like I love Joe or I love Kelly, Aurora, <laughs> Lauren, looking at you. But, like, this is how we play from here. So, I agree. So I feel like they'll probably, like, and also if they swap away from each other, mark them down as uh, definitely needing backup. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's there's some good things that could happen to them here. Um, but yeah, that's probably good for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe finally shows up in the episode. Um, yeah, 
right behind Victoria. <laughs> it was kind of like like uh, seeing Joe there, like Victoria doing that was like very similar to like, oh wow, look, Joe's in the season. Um, <laughs> I don't think Joe's gonna win. Yeah, like even though he was here, like didn't feel very memorable. Like I don't know if he's just not a strong character, and I've just not remembered his seasons enough. But like. He doesn't feel remarkable. And I get that's his thing. He doesn't want to be Joey amazing, but like, <laughs> like Joey boring. Like, <laughs> Joey boring. <Joseph> boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, I, I feel like I would rank him last of the returnees. Like, uh, unless all of us, like, unless he's like, I don't know. Like something's weird. Like, unless when he gets voted out, it's literally like, everyone bowing down to Joe or whatever. Like, I don't know. Um, it just feels yeah. like nothing. Like, yeah, he doesn't feel like a main character of this season. Yeah. He doesn't even feel like a secondary character. Yeah. Like he just feels secondary to Aubrey, which I don't, that doesn't seem like a winner's spot. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also don't really have anything to say for him. He just, like, he showed up and said, like, I like his confessional was like, I bet he's gonna swap with Ron and Victoria. Eh, I think that's a little on the nose. I think that's just the situation that happened, and then he was like, oh, they're targeting me. I guess we better find something to do. So. I just don't think this is a scene that necessarily shows up. Um, like, oh, I think for sure. But then this confessional is like, it wasn't even about the moment. It was just like, you know, like Ron and Victoria are a little weird. Like if you ask them something, they just kind of like shrug. Like it wasn't about the moment. Like it wasn't like, whoa, I will snook up behind them. It was like, that to me just reads like they're going to swap together. Huh. I don't really like, get that feeling. Look, Joe doesn't trust these two, but who mm. knows? We'll see. Next up, we got Julia. Ah, uh, Julia. Just she's in a six-person alliance. Yeah, and she doesn't believe that there's idols, and she's good at slingshots. No, she's not. Or is she bad <laughs> at slingshots? Yeah. Okay, she's bad at slingshots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like poor that's Julia. Julia. Yeah, that's Julia. So she's not winning. I'm, like, I'm excited for whatever whenever she breaks out. I want to know anything about this person. Yeah, like I feel like I knew more about Chelsea. Hmm. We knew she was a cheerleader at this point. I think. I don't think so. I think we knew that from preseason stuff. Maybe. Yeah. 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 So next up, we got Julie, who wasn't here. No, she was here. I think this was okay. First, she was in a six-person alliance. Don't forget, mm-hmm. which is weird. Like the person who in the premiere was like, "I don't know what I'm doing. I'm weird in this." Was just like in the middle of Victoria's like rant about who's in the alliance, or she was second. Oh. So it was like, "Oh, subliminally, maybe that means mm-hmm. Julia's Victoria's closest ally." Um, but. And then she got, like, the scene of her not letting go of the idol. Which, 
that's just a thing now, I guess. Like, it did seem to linger, like, though. It did seem, uh, yeah. Ex- and it, there it was some over the top. There was some music, like, mm-hmm. oh, that Julie, what a goofball. Yeah, but, I feel like Julie yeah. is like still. If I'm gonna pick somebody who's making it the furthest right now, just out of everybody, like Julie. Um. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I really don't think I see anybody who's more like for me. I would be able. I would be comfortable saying Julie's probably in the final eight. I don't think I would be comfortable saying that about anybody else. Hmm. She has yeah. a clear narrative. It's kind of disjointed from people. Um, we know characteristics about her, which honestly, in this season, is a. It's really good for these first three episodes. Like yeah. Like, considering the dearth of information we know about these people, like, Julie is neck and shoulders above. Maybe maybe Gavin. Like, honestly, like, Gavin might be the only one to rival her here. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I feel like she has not a huge amount of win equity. She feels kind of like the journey at it. Um, eh, I don't know. could be wrong. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say... Oh, she needs a strong swap episode. Like, is she Elizabeth's this? Or I guess Elizabeth had a strong swap, but, like, I think Davy didn't. Like, just any, like, if she goes completely invisible here, it's like... Yeah. Julie's not, like, the winner important. She's just, like, boring important or something. Yeah, she, like, honestly, like, really (laughs) needs, like, an extremely strong one, I think. Like, um, that's strategic, I think. Like, we need to see her relate, like, a relationship or something. Um, yeah, and I think we'll get that, and that will be the complex tribe, and then it all piece together, and, like, mm-hmm. if that's the case, that Julie is winning, so. Uh, yep. Yeah, I feel like she's going to be an obvious winner if she is a winner. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, next up we got Ron, who... Is in a six-person alliance. Yeah, is in a six-person alliance, lost his advantage and didn't mention it. Um, like dead. Like the dead. deadest anyone's ever been. Yeah, like he it gets subtly undermined. Uh, doesn't even get confessional. Like, yeah, yeah, like honestly, I think this was worse than Aurora or Julia, like given the circumstances. I think it's better than Aurora. That's it. But <laughs> Better than Chris. <laughs> Yeah, once again, I didn't know if Victoria was talking to Eric or Ron. Ron. And yeah, I had to wait until Joe said it in confessional. Yeah, and I, I there's like, this okay. confirmed to you that every time it's been a Ron. Yes, yes. Victoria and Eric haven't talked yet. <laughs> but they're in a six-person alliance, so. Yeah. Do you have it's any more to say about It's weird how much Ron does look like Eric, though. Like, Eric is like attractive Ron, but they still <laughs> a lot of like yeah i don't know i yeah i just don't i really don't think there's a chance he wins i think there's a really strong chance he makes it far though um mm. yeah i guess because at this point why not just cut everything out about the secret advantage yeah like it's not useful it took up screen time that would have been very helpful in that premiere I really, like, I guess he's somebody, to me, who seems like he could be a losing finalist. Um, No one else really is giving me that vibe yet. 
he's the first. Uh, maybe Julie too. Julie also seems like she could be losing. I think Alice. Julie beats Ron. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> There's two people in the finale though. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ron feels like one of the people who feels like like they don't super like, but's getting like weirdly interjected. Um, yeah, I feel like that's probably positive for him. Uh, just lengthwise, like how long he'll be in the game. Um, he could leave early too, like, but he's the, he's the only one so far who I'm like, okay, I could, like, I could see why they included the advantage if he makes the end. They'll mm-hmm. bring it up in the like, like the six left, one had an advantage early on and didn't even need it or whatever. <laughs> um, because that's the old, like why like to me the the biggest question with Ron is why was that even shown? Um, yeah, they've not shown things like that before. Uh. So, it clearly will matter or be mentioned again. Um, and I, I was just trying to think of like times it would potentially be mentioned. And the only thing I thought of was either a fake or Final Tribal Council. And yeah, I, I thought of like a fake thing, or he like rips off the bottom part that says when it can be used, yeah, and then yeah, just exactly. has it. But and if that doesn't happen, then I like I feel like he almost has like a little bit of like Chekhov's this thing coming up again. Um, not super strong though, but I feel like that's going to be mentioned at some point before he mm-hmm. leaves. Yeah. Cause that's really all we know about him. Mm-hmm. Like he's friends with Victoria and he has this thing. Mm-hmm. So Which I'm very curious how like Ron and Victoria are friends. Like <laughs> they're both weirdos. I guess so. But like, Julie's a weirdo. Yeah, but she's also in their alliance, duh. Okay. Speaking yeah, of like, the alliance. I wish I knew why they like about each other. Like <laughs> Yeah. I, that's that's the this is the talk I want to hear. Like what they're actually talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what are their inside jokes? Mm-hmm. Cause they're both like funny, comma, weird. Yeah. Which I guess whatever, we'll just bring it to Victoria, who is really one of two three developed characters on this tribe. Um, not even character, really, but we know some things about her. Uh, yeah, I guess I know a little bit about her from her first confessional, and then it's just been like, here's the way comma works. Mm-hmm. So... It's I, so I, hard to tell what's happening with her, for me. It almost feels like she could be the Natalia. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. So, because did, like, Natalia talk about the six-person alliance on the Goliaths? Was she the uh, one who was like... Her, Angelina, and Kara. Yep, and they all had their boys. Yeah. Um, The one thing is, like, she is the voice of the newbies there, which is good. Um... She like we her first episode was pretty good. I still think the winner probably comes from this tribe, shockingly. Um <laughs> which are good things for her, but um this episode was pretty bad. Um Yeah, not a good look. Like you don't need to show especially if Joe's confessional doesn't allude to it directly, you don't need to show like her getting caught and playing terribly. Yeah. Or even her being like, well, 
like, I think, like, I think some people are discounting her for her episode two confessional where she says, like, this beach is so huge or whatever, but I think that's more of a throwaway thing and, like, look how hard it is more than, like... Yeah. I, I don't think that's too disqualifying. I do think Aubrey finding it's pretty terrible for her. Um, I don't know, like, I'm I'm worried for her. She really feels like... She feels like the one who could leave at any point. Like, tell me if she's the winner. I'll be like, you know what? I see it. Tell me she leaves next. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I see. I think if she leaves next, it really lends credence to, like, their attorneys are eking it out against these vicious, yeah. mean, like, 23-year-old waitresses from Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if Victoria leaves next, like, that's the best thing that could happen for Aubrey's edit. Like, if Aubrey has something to do with Victoria leaving, that's really positive. Um... Yeah, like, I just, because that's the thing, is, like, what hinges for Victoria is, does she win or not? Like, does she beat Aubrey or not? Um, Mm -hmm. Because her story is, like, I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be the background character. I don't want to be, like, they had their chance. Like, I'm a cool person, too. Give me my chance. Um, And, I mean, plotting plotting that story, either she successfully rises above the returnees or she fails to rise above the returnees. Um, Mm -hmm. One of those is very positive. One of those she's leaving soon. Yeah. The good parts are like, she has relationships. She has friends. We know who she's close to. We know things about her. Like she checks all the boxes except for that. She has no longevity inherent. Like nothing's protecting her. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know just some things that throw me off, like her idol talk is a little weird, like the Joe scene and like her, her episode one felt weird to me still. Like, as I guess that this, these first three episodes don't mean anything like, or don't mean as much. That's not bad, but still feels really weak. Yeah, they've established a quality about her that she's very aloof. Like, even in the first episode, it's like, she has, like, an innocence to her, where it's like, Santa Claus brought me my survivor buff, and I wore it to class, and everyone laughed or whatever. Um, (laughs) And then she's like, Julia says, are there even idols? And she's like, obviously, but they're so hard to find, and all the trees are weird. And then she doesn't know it's Joe. Like, I I feel like... um, the the trait about her is she's kind of a bl- like oblivious quirky, um, mm-hmm. so like I think there's a chance that that's an okay thing. Similar to, like like poverty often gets shown as like like in the early days looks like, not super positive, but um can, her story's about changing that perception. I think Victoria could have that too, um, but uh, it's worrying. I love her. She's my favorite by far. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking about how we're talking about her, and then I think about, like, last season's characters, and I'm like, is she still, like... I feel like I'm getting a cardboard cutout of Victoria as opposed to, like, the real person she is. I definitely agree. Like, I should be, like, <laughs> this girl should be one of my... Like, this girl should be my Gabby. You know what I mean? Like, I should love this girl. Like, I should, like, have a Stan account. I didn't even have that for Gabby, but... um Mm-hmm, like, if okay. I was one of those people, like, like I should be loving Victoria. I loved her preseason. She's actually doing pretty well strategically, which was our worry preseason. It was like she's gonna be fun, but 
Mm. Like, it seems kind of yeah. dumb. Instead, she seems kind of smart and kind of, like, not super quirky. Um, yeah, th- I, th- I think Victoria not being, like, popping off the screen is a perfect description of what's wrong with this season. There's no characters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But that's the comma tribe. Um, yeah. The pretty boring tribe that we talked about for, like, 45 minutes. <laughs> um, On to... The Manu tribe, the spicy tribe. Fire. I guess, like, no, but they can't. They don't have foot. Yeah, they don't. True. <laughs> um, starting with a returnee, because we don't have to start with Chris every time. That somehow Ooh. happened. We're starting with David. Oh, I guess, is he a returnee? No one knows. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Um, this guy seems to be defined by hating Kelly Wentworth. Yes. Like, everything plays into, like, how can this help me vote out Kelly Wentworth? Yeah. Like, literally, the only content on this tribe was chicken stuff. And then David David basically talking for, like, five minutes straight about why he wants Kelly Wentworth out, how he's going to do it, how he's going to deflect it, like, and then it even roped in the chicken stuff into that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his story. Um, and I have no idea where to place David here. Uh, I don't feel like he's winning. Like, I feel like that Rick thing is strong or like cut him at four. But that's really dependent on Rick going far, which is dependent on Kama not having the winner, I think. And, it's just a long chain of events. So, so for me, I think that there's, I think the worrying thing with David is, I I'm so because okay, David Wright, I fucking love this guy. He's my Aubrey. You know, he's he's the one that I'm sure. Like if he was crying with the idol, like I'd be like, oh my god, my heart. Um, <laughs> oh, it's so scary because he talks about how he's going to be really important to the early stages of the game and have a lot of influence. And we've been shown that, look, he has a lot of influences in this early stage of this game. I'm mm-hmm. so worried this guy's going to be a swap boot. Um, like, it makes so much sense. It's like, if Kelly swaps away from him, he doesn't even have a story. Um, like, I could easily see him swap and then his confession will be, I've put so much work into ke- getting rid of Kelly Wentworth, and now I lost my chance. Let's go after who she's closest to, Lauren. Oh, I might hold it. <laughs> I will say it's weird. Like he, His reason for going for Kelly is that Kelly's going to go after him as soon as possible, and we've seen none of that. Absolutely Kelly's war. Kelly's war is with Wendy, and she just happens to get distracted every time and vote someone yes. else. Kelly's very reflective. Like, it's good for David that Kelly is being reflective and isn't talking about noticing David. Wait, you think so? I think that's I mean, bad because David's not reading it right. That's also true. I mean, I mean, it's good that like, I guess in the game she doesn't realize. Yeah. And, like, at least that's a story that this boot is described as it's because it's a getaway car. So maybe things like he gets a new narrative at the swap. That's what he needs, or. He needs to swap with Kelly and get her out. Like, 
there's a couple paths that are good for him, but there's a lot that are bad for him. Um, he's prob like I could see him winning. Hmm. But Rick seems yeah, more likely of the two. Yeah. Um. And like I feel like I feel like he has a good chance of making it. Yeah, like fourth or fifth or whatever. Um. Like it seems like he he could have longevity. Um. But he could also easily leave soon. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a very these returnees are just bizarre like Mm -hmm. i can't i can't put him somewhere i don't get strong winner vibes but ask me where he goes after that and i don't know yeah i agree like um i think in this season where the theme is like or like one of the themes is like survivor unpredictable and you're always on the edge of being voted out i think it's kind Mm -hmm. of bad for him that he's faced no pressure Um, yeah yeah, I think we said that earlier on. Like, if that story continues to be big, it's not looking good for David, who seems to have, like, snuggled in to his mm-hmm. tribe. And, like, I really think that there's a good chance that it's, like, I, the swap exposes him or something. Like, I, I, I feel like, how do I put it? So, like, I think often when they when production really likes somebody, they do a way to kind of thank them. Um, I could see this like showing him is honestly like he's like the way he's presented is like dominating this tribe. Like ultimately, what David wants every time happens. A little less than War Dog, but like in the same way. Um, I could easily see the Manu tribe being if David leaves like fourth or whatever or fifth or whatever. Um, the way this tribe's been edited as like a look how great our thank you David for coming look how great you are of the player sorry you got swap screwed or whatever yeah yeah I think he needs just like that good like this is where I stand swap content like if he falls into a shadow like yep I you were just strong on Manu and now. You're a background character, so yeah. Well, and like, I, I, I truthfully believe he either needs to swap away from Kelly, give a super insightful confessional about like new game, new me kind of thing, or he needs to swap with Kelly and immediately get rid of her. I think any other narrative is very bad for Mister David Wright. Yeah, I mean, he could do some things with Rick, maybe like, but yeah. But then he's just second to Rick still, I feel, so. Yeah, he, like, he really needs... And that's the biggest problem, is, like, Rick it, being established as, like, the alpha there is bad. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's move on to Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, I find, like, I love her, and I find her so boring in this season. Yeah. She just feels like a big, like centerpiece like a lot of attention goes to kelly but like nothing comes of it like feels like a distraction like it does and like all she does is like it's like wendy's coming after me oh gotta get out wendy and then it's like uh, no chris is coming after me oh gotta get rid of <laughs> wentworth kill chris now like it feels yeah. really like 
super uncomplex. Yeah, it's just like, it feels like the war was an ironic move by editing at this point to be like, Mm -hmm. I constantly want Wendy out, but then before you know it, they'll be at the final tribal council together. Yeah, honestly, like, it's kind of funny, like, um, and I kind of think it's being edited, like, Wendy wins that fight, like, um, Kelly says in episode one that Wendy's the type of person to flip in a swap, um, and I feel like that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I feel like Kelly's going to swap with Wendy. Wendy's going to flip and that's going to be bad <laughs> for Kelly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing's going to happen. Yeah. And maybe she gets bailed out from an idol or something. Like, I feel like that's on the table because Kelly did get a long-term narrative, which was stolen from Spencer Bledsoe, but um, was there nonetheless. <laughs> uh, that's just not been touched on. Like, in episode one, she presents her narrative as, I want to learn to relate to people. And so far, I feel like she hasn't done that at all. Uh, she played soccer in high school. Oh, true, 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 true. They're and very Lauren, good There is no way Lauren was ever going to like her unless she revealed that fact. So it's true. Yeah, like I mean, like Lauren, <laughs> well-known person to hate Kelly Wentworth. Like, what an yeah. unlikely dude that production never could have seen coming. Yeah. So, yeah, that is something that hasn't been touched on, and I mean, it's just maybe a good starting point to be like, I'm Kelly, and this is what I want to do, and then. She just never gets the chance because Wendy mm-hmm. ices her. And like, I think, I think it could have like the good things for Kelly is it does feel like Wendy has been just completely ostracized. Um, and that hasn't really come up. Like Kelly isn't getting like a bully edit, which I think is possible. Kelly isn't getting anything like that. Um, she's just seems kind of neutral with like a slight villainous streak um, and like too reflective and too uncomplex. That could always change. If she outlives Wendy, that's obviously good. Um, I, 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 I think her narrative is a little muddled to the point where I don't think she's going to win. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky, though, because everyone feels muddy. Like, it just feels like my printer tried to print this season and all the colors <laughs> were out of ink. And it was just a little faded. Yeah, it's like, like when it's like all gray kind of like there's like gray seeping in or whatever. I'm like, yeah, this looks like a survivor season, but I, I feel like it could be better. I need yeah, to get like... new toner. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a great like great comparison, I think. Uh or metaphor, I guess. Um because yeah, it's just like this is Kelly Wentworth, one of my all-time favorites. And I find her like boring. Like yeah. I don't know. Um I'm it's like, like I, why did I like Kelly Wentworth? Like, yeah, like this girl <laughs> like Kelly Wentworth in San Juan del Sur, where it's like this girl looks like she might have some potential one day. Like, yeah, like I don't know, maybe she used all of her potential in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just personally, the next person we're going to talk to uh, talk about is Lauren. And I feel like Lauren has all Kelly's upside with none of her downside. Yeah. Like Lauren sometimes looks like an interesting person. Mm-hmm. Like, like the way Lauren talked about Wendy, like, and her hypocritic hypocrisy. Like that was interesting. Like, and Lauren, when she like talks to people, like comes off very like charismatic and interesting, mm-hmm. but, but not a good episode for Lauren. 
I think it was fine. Like oh, mm. she didn't get anything about the tribal council again. Yeah, which is bad. Like that is like straight up bad. Um, but like this seems like an episode where it's okay for her to be more on the sidelines. I think. Um, like the episode was literally about like for like most of it, like how Kelly's gonna go. Um, it makes sense to avoid her from that. She had no part in it flipping to Chris. Um, I guess I could have edited it that way, but like, what does she think about Chris going? But it, I, I feel like she's right now in the shadow. Like, if Lauren's winning, it's a pass the torch edit anyway. So her being like spoken for by Kelly is fine. <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. I feel like Lauren's ship has sailed. I'd be, even if Kelly went, I'd be hesitant to consider her. Depends how that happens. Like, for me, she's yeah. somebody who's, like, like treading water. You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, old Keith there in the water. Like, he's not quite swimming. He's not sinking. But he's, like, like, she like, could go either way. Um, but it's enough for me to vote her out of my contenders list. <laughs> yes, she's, she'd be, like, seventh for me probably like no. above like reem. like she'd be above reem you know like like the very top of all the bad people like you got your invisible people like above keith but like <laughs> hopefully she's above keith <laughs> like, yeah, Aurora, like yeah. Like Julia Ron. and Ron and Keith. I'd put her above Reem. I'd put her above Wendy, probably. Hmm. So, like, I don't know. She's doing okay for me. She seems interesting. I really wish we saw her not on a tribe with Kelly Wentworth. It really po- poisons her narrative a lot for me. Well, then she can just talk about how she's not with Ke- Kelly Wentworth. No, I mean, like, I wish she was on a different season. Oh. Like, <laughs> not she with talk about how she wasn't on a season. Maybe that's her second season. She'll be like, my <laughs> first season, I was too obsessed with Kelly Wentworth. I've learned my lesson. This season, I wear her clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She feels like somebody who has, like, a lot of potential, and it's just like... Because she's on a tribe with her idol, who she's, like, fangirling over. It's, like, that's all her content. Like, it's... Yeah, I would say behind, like, Julie and Rick, like, Lauren has longevity, at least. Yes. I feel like she outlives Kelly Wentworth. Yeah, I think so. Which is good, yeah. Like, she does have longevity. I Mm. agree. I would actually... I would pick her third as... Yeah. Yeah. That's a a good, uh... That's a good, um, catch there. Um... So I guess moving on, we have Rick, who looked in, like fantastic episode again. Yes. I would say it feels like Rick is playing the best game out of yes. who's out there. David, is... too. Like I'd say David and Rick are standouts. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's not being presented as David's playing the best game. Like Rick is always taking a very like analytical approach and looking at everything whereas david's like gotta get rid of kelly wentworth yes so i think he is really one of those now you think he's a villain oh he He said said he was a villain he said he that 
Yeah. Um, I think- Which, I mean, could be true. Like, maybe from now on, he is going to be more villainous. Or I think that's probably more a confession of being like, look, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. I think his... These first three episodes playing out how they did really depends on how these swap tribes go for him. Because, like, if we see Eric, Gavin, and Julie, like, really bloom in their new tribes, like, Rick goes down a bit. But, like, it's more of the same. Like, Rick is probably my number one contender. I agree. Like, literally, like, literally, if Rick... Like, this tribe does not feel like the complex tribe. Like, Manu really does not. Like, their pre-tribal, con- pre-immunity uh, content, even in this episode, was about just Wendy. It's always just about Wendy before the immunity challenge. Well, Rick was almost the accomplice. He was almost the accomplice. <laughs> but, like, literally, if Rick was just, like, on comma, I'd be like, he's the winner. Yeah. Um, he has, but... like, a very very conventional edit for what we've been seeing recently like high visibility like high complexity you know who this person is intro yeah. confessional for his uh tribe sorry not intro but uh like first confessional yeah. at the beach like yep. he's literally got all the stereotypical winner shit um which is super positive i think like and honestly i think with comma being that ignored maybe they are i still stupidly think that they are the complex tribe though um but I just, like i don't think either of these was complex i think we're gonna see that in the swap i hope you're right like i i i think you're right. i think you are right but i think there is always gonna be one and i think comma is more complex like we like we don't even know like like where lauren fits in on this tribe like we know she loves Kelly Wentworth, but that's it. Like we we even know a six person alliance, which we don't even know anything like that. In well, we know Kelly, Lauren, and War Dog are tight. But in the last episode, in episode two, War Dog says to Chris, "Hey, you're my number one," uh, and I think Kelly is more of a threat long term. I don't even trust her. Like it was literally thrown together in this episode. Like before this episode, War Dog apparently did not trust Kelly Wentworth. Hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like we would have seen them together or something. Like, it, like it. It really does. Wardog feels like he's um. He almost feels Natalia like, where it's like he clearly is very close to Kelly and Lauren. Oh yeah, and he does literally feel. has never mentioned it before now. Yeah, I guess but, we're still talking about Rick, but yeah. that's a good point about Wardog. I do um, think we have more to say about Rick, like. He's in the most defined duo of the season. He's the alpha in that duo. Um, he's constantly complex. He even shows sympathy or empathy even to Wendy. He's like, you know what? Like, I'll be your accomplice. He gets the goodwill from that. Yeah. Just. And like thinking of his archetype, he it feels like an even better spot for him. Like <laughs> he feels like he could sort of be. I don't have a good example, but someone who sort of gets sidelined for the actual alpha males on this tribe, and he's not. He is the alpha male. He's he like is, yeah. this like dad bod newscaster who not only survived like three votes, but is in like 
probably the best spot. <laughs> and yeah, like honestly, like it, I, I feel like there's an, he f- really does feel a lot like Nick to me. Like I know Gavin is our Nick uh, type, but like he feels like Nick did in episode two and three, not in episode one, like second, second wave Nick. Um, or even like a Cochrane, like he gets to say funny things. Yeah. Um, which is good. Um, cause Survivor often shies away from that, especially in this season, apparently, but he never mm-hmm. looks bad. He always gets clear focus. Um, he gets to be incorporated in the David plan, but also have wiggle room elsewhere. Um, he, so he gets the clean, clean getaway too. Uh, like there's just a lot of good for Rick. Good Rick bits. Yeah. Um, I will never call him Devons. That is. <laughs> they're not, they're not pushing it hard. Jeff said it at tribal. That's how he referred to him. Yeah. But like everyone else is just like, yeah, that's yeah. Rick. Like, that's Rick. Yeah. It's like when you like. Like, a toddler uses, like, they say runned instead of ran. So you're like, oh, yeah, he ran when you're trying to correct them. You just say the thing that you want them to say instead of just being like, no, you're wrong. Jeff wants them to say Devin so bad. Yeah. Yeah. But. Okay, so what are the bad sides to Rick other than just being on the wrong tribe? Uh... He's probably a little overexposed. I don't know if that's bad though. I agree. Like, like in this current landscape, like I went back and looked, and like all the recent winners have been super in your face. Mm-hmm. And he felt like villainous, but like he did in episode one. I agree. Mm-hmm. But then in this episode, he kind of gets his redemption by like yeah. being friendly with Wendy. He doesn't um, doesn't feel bad. So yeah, and, like. I guess the one down... There you go. The bad, like, things is... Kama just felt so strong out of the gate, and it has these contenders that make sense for a tribe that never went to tribal council. Yes. Um, And and I think the the single worst thing for Rick is... Unfortunately, he's very entertaining. Um, He is very charismatic. Clearly one of Jeff's favorites. Again, the last name trick. Um... Jeff likes his favorites to have go by their last name. Um, he's somebody who would get a lot of content no matter what. I don't think he would get this content no matter what, but he would get a lot of content no matter what. Mm-hmm. I would uh, always like, say maybe one of the worst things is we didn't get an explicit like, my name is Rick, but my last name is Devins, and so I'm going to go by Devins. Yeah, true. But Or even, um, like, we don't really know what his, like, defining strategy is like we, yes, do, we do with do we he said it in episode two like i wanted to find someone a big male to latch on to and true true go to the end true true, true, true it true, looks true. really good <laughs> yeah like rick honestly is probably my number two yeah well mm. I just don't want to move things around and then yeah, 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 yeah. the swap comes and I'm like, oh yeah, I shouldn't have like doubted comma yet because but That's a good point. Like but like next episode Rick will either be like my number, number one. one or off, kind of yeah. 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 I get I get you there. Like 
like that's for me why I would have him number two because it's like I think he's looks good enough that I'm willing to doubt my comma instincts, but I'd still have a comma above just as a symbolic thing. Uh, but I do have a tendency to overcorrect on things. I think so. Hmm. Uh, that's probably good on Rick, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Um. <laughs> he oh, okay. said he he loves the cool yeah, man. Okay? I got it. Um, okay. So next up, we got War Dog, who is apparently just like what he says goes. Um, yeah. Poor Chris. Yeah, I, I think that Natalia comparison is really good. Like Natalia, if she got like a shit ton of content, Natalia did get like. A fair bit, though. Yeah, more like, than you'd expect, but... I don't know. Like, I feel like War Dog's got a lot more. But it comes at weird times. It's always, like, post-immunity challenge. Yes. Like, you never, like, get the... Like, whereas Lauren is all before, like, War Dog's all after. Yeah. It's like, maybe they're the same person, and... Yeah, they're that's like ballot swaps. To, that's why he doesn't want to vote out Kelly Wentworth. Is because he's actually more <laughs> guys. Oh god! Like, <laughs> honestly, it is kind of weird though. Like, Wardog's the kind of player who you're like, wait, is he invisible? Oh wait, no. I mean, challenge. He's CP five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, he did have a lot in this episode. Like before yeah. the challenge, he, I mean, he made fun of Wendy, which, but he, I think he was justified. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't just, like, he didn't come off like a bully. He got to explain, like, she's a hypocrite, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, I think we're supposed to feel bad for Wendy, but still be like, uh... I don't know what we're supposed to feel for Wendy. It's a little I, weird. But I don't think War Dog was in the wrong. I agree. Um, He seems like somebody who could win. Um, Again, he did get an amazing ep- first episode, first premiere, uh, opening confessional thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is still in the back of our minds. We still know more about War Dog than we do about most people. We know his defining gameplay strategy. If you factor in this episode, we now know he trusts Kelly Wentworth. Um, he's probably playing a pretty good game on the beach. Like, but like, even Chris said nice things about War Dog. Um, hmm. It's just like I just don't really see him winning. Yeah. I feel like if you give me an episode five, like a Ben style, like this is me, this is who I am style thing, I'll be like, oh yeah, War Dog's winning. But right now it just doesn't all piece together. Feels like a lot of content that doesn't add up to a win. Yeah, I could see that. Like, and I kind like he could easily leave on the swap tribe, I think. Um, but it's more likely, I think, that the people, like, I think it's more likely, like, he's not the Natalia, like, it's probably more likely, like, like, I don't know. I could see him go, but, um, and it is bad that in episode one, like, in episode two and three, he gets his way. In episode one, he's the one who's like, Wendy has to go. Wendy has now made the swap. Um, yeah. Granted, that could be positive. Like, the story could be, yeah, they should have listened to War Dog. Eh, maybe, but I don't think a win is what that equals. No, I don't think so either. 
Um, so it's like, I don't know. He's a mixed bag. Like, a huge yeah. mixed bag. It feels um, like they're like, look, there's a person named War Dog on this season, so that's a big character, and he's going to do a lot of stuff. Okay. And he's ent- he is entertaining. Uh, he's one of my favorites. Um, but, like, I don't know, like, his, like, he has all, like, the, like, on paper good things, but he doesn't really have a narrative. Um, other than kind of contrasted to Wendy. Um, and it's probably a little bad that he's been, like, the guy who took out Keith. The guy who took out, uh, Wendy. Or, sorry, Chris. Like, I could see him getting, like, his comeuppance, which isn't good. Yeah. Uh, in addition, he's focused a lot on challenge strength and stuff, which is usually bad. Eh, like, as to who he votes out, or yeah, hmm. like with uh, like he, like with uh in episode one, he's like Reem's like Reem's got to go. It's just purely athletic ability, and then in episode two, he's like, listen, like Heath is a liability in these challenges. Sure. Um. But, like, I could, on, on the flip side, like, despite all this negativity, he could win, I think. Um, he's definitely not dead. Um, and, like, I mean, Tony won. Like, someone like this can get away with a little bit more negativity. He hasn't even got that, really. Yeah. Um, but he's not even, like, being shown to his Tonyest yet. Like, no. He's very. It's like there's a character named War Dog, and you knew everything about him just from that. And I feel like if he was a winner, we'd know more. So I think it's good though that we know he's a lawyer or law but student. Like, yes, we heard that he was a law student, but like I don't know. I've heard a lot of things that I've forgotten. Like that's true. <laughs> it's just like I've also forgotten think- things. I think that's also why, like, I have trouble with Victoria is, like, yeah, she did have that confessional where she told us one thing, but, like, it was just that. That was literally all we know of Victoria. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if you look at Gavin, Gavin got a confessional about himself and then talked with Eric and had some more, like, strategic thought. Very true. Very, very true. And, I mean, yeah, like, like, there's a lot that could go bad for War Dog. Um... He the, the problem with him is he doesn't have banked in longevity. Mm-hmm. He could go in the swap. He could go. He could be the merge boot. He could be a lot of things. Well, yeah, he votes out his number one ally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I also thought that was yeah moronic. Like Chris clearly came to him in a moment of trust, handled that pretty well. I thought. Hmm. But sometimes that's the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, I guess on to our girl Wendy, my favorite character. Uh, sorry, I only talk about Wendy at home when <laughs> other people have, I don't know, let me talk about her. I don't know. What a weird episode. I have no idea what to do with Wendy. Me neither. Like, um, it's so weird. It's like Jatia if they gave her positive content. Yeah, it's like, Jatia, if, like, you were kind of, like, dumping out the rices, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like, they never were, like, 
Yeah, maybe like letting go of the chickens isn't the worst idea. And then now she's going to do it. And like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I agree. Like, it's just so weird where like, she literally like got blasted for being a hypocrite and then got to kind of justify being a hypocrite in confessional. Like, Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously, we know Survivor. We know that, like, saving the chickens is usually presented pretty positively. Um, Like, Ty, for instance. Um, Mm -hmm. Or Kimmy, or whatever. Um, So that's a positive thing. But then it's, like, you get Wardog justifiably being, like, she eats meat. (laughs) Like, she literally does the thing that she said. (laughs) That's way worse. (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of tension paid to her. She gets a lot of content. Big character. Has a story. Like, if she wasn't so over the top, she'd be, I think, a good winner candidate. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if that's disqualifying her because she's doing over the top things. She's like threatening to get rid of the chickens and she's like stealing the flint and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's stuff you can't not show and. Especially when a lot of the narrative revolves around her getting voted out, maybe because of these things. So, yeah, like, and she checks a lot of these themes. Like, like she, her, the thing that she cares about is like she's gonna be loyal no matter what. That's part of that's like her checklist. You know what I mean? Like, she's somebody who's gonna do what she thinks is right, even if everyone thinks it's stupid. Yeah, that's like her checklist. She says that in the first episode. Um, it's what she wants to do in Survivor. Um, like, she's constantly on the edge of being voted out. She's going to survive this swap. Like, or, you know, to the swap. Like, it kind of feels like she, like, it, in a weird way, it feels like she could win. I don't think Survivor's sophisticated enough storytelling-wise to make this the winning story. But I could see it. Mm-hmm. With Edge of Extinction and stuff, I feel like there's maybe a chance... Something wacky yeah. happens, and granted, yeah. she could also easily leave next. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, could easily be the Natalie Cole. Yeah, you know I mean? like, well, Natalie Cole didn't even leave next. It was Natalia. Oh, true. true, true, true. AKA War Dog Victoria or Aurora. Yeah, take your pick. Like she could easily, you know what I mean? Like it could, like, like yeah. I don't know. Grant, I could eat. Like I, I would say if Wendy makes the merge, like she's in the end, but. Um... If she doesn't make them, she could also not make the merge. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah, like I don't know. She's so entertaining, so I could see her getting content anyway. Like, that's the thing is, that it does have that Natalie Cole side where it's like, she's so she is like lightning in a bottle. She's by far the best casting on this entire season, I think. Yeah, um, for sure. Maybe Rick above if like you're looking for longevity too. Um. Because Wendy's the first boot in nine out of ten seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. But she's made the swap, um, <laughs> and like she has the groundwork to make it deep. And just like the chickens, she's gonna let all that go. Yeah, I'm excited to see that too. Like, um, and like strategically, the perfect time to do it. Like, oh yeah, right Grand before swap. Sure, but it's the strategic best time to release. 
<laughs> Though, um, she could release the chickens on the swap tribe, so. Oh, that's true. Like, uh, I, f- I feel like, uh, don't catch, don't count those chickens before they hatch, you know? Because <laughs> um, like, like, I feel like that's the opening segment, but it could also be yeah, not the opening segment. <laughs> uh, I guess that's I, good for Wendy. Yeah, I bet it's the opening segment because she votes Kelly and they still didn't vote with her. And she's like, mm-hmm. you know what? <laughs> so yeah, and, that's Wendy. I, another thing. She is described as the perfect smokescreen to use forever kind of thing by David. That's really mm-hmm. good. Like, yeah, that reminds me of Abby Maria. Like, I don't know if she swaps in a good way, like could really be there for a long time. She could always be a tool for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So on to Chris. Chris, what a poor guy. Our winner pick. Yeah. My winner pick. Yeah. I dumped him on you and picked Victoria. <laughs> Um, really keep falling for these big surfer dudes. Well, but sometimes it pays off. Like Alec, yeah, Alec. I don't regret. Chris is boring. (laughs) Like Chris is not the Chris we saw in pregame. No, like he just didn't seem like a dork at all. I'm sure maybe he is interesting, and they just didn't show it. But like, like he's just like a piece. Of this mm-hmm. puzzle, like he strong didn't... challenge competitor who said the wrong thing once. Yeah, it does seem like he is to me anyway. Seems like he's a capable player. Um, he's somebody who I'd be happy if they brought back because it does seem like he like he showed potential. The way he talked to Wardog in that scene didn't seem bad. I yeah. to me that, to me it read like Wardog fucked up. Like if I'm like analyzing beyond the edit, mm-hmm. it seems like. Wardog just voted out someone who clearly trusted him. Yeah, definitely. Like, even if Wardog was just like, no, and then like, or like, yeah, sure. Or whatever. Like, if he just didn't respond by voting Chris out, I think that would have been the proper way to handle it. Because mm-hmm. people usually don't come, like, if someone's willing to come to you with their blindside that they don't need your vote for, that's a good thing. Yeah. I guess how much was he telling? Like, because I don't think we saw him tell what votes he had on board. Yeah, that's true. Which is why so. it was easy to blame it on him. So, mm-hmm. like, mixed bag for Chris. Uh, I think he showed potential. The way he talked to people seemed very wise. Um, he's not coming back in the game, I don't think. Yeah, I feel like unless they start me, really. Unless they start really doing stuff with him on Edge of Extinction, like, this is not a good start. Yeah, and, like, he literally, like, was, like, invisible in the first episode, (laughs) like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Of these three who were out, I feel like he's the most likely to quit, which is odd. Really? Maybe Keith. Yeah, I think Keith is more likely overall, but... Returning-wise, I would put Chris at the bottom. Yeah, he just doesn't really have a story. Like, like what would he even do when he comes back? Like, <laughs> I think that's an important thing. Like, people need, like, Reem would yell at her old tribe and flip to comma. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Keith would, I don't know, like, fail, drown. And then <laughs> Chris, like, I don't know. He seemed like a normal dude who left for, like, not a hugely terrible reason. Yeah. Like, 
Is he mad at them? Doesn't seem like it. He's just like, oh, no, he's mad at him. I think we saw that. But not like super mad. I don't know. Just like blindsided and like. Yeah. Like nothing out of the ordinary. Whereas like Reem's like Reem literally got like. Like Reem got like. Angry, like vengeful. Like, mm-hmm. like Reem is going to see Kelly Wentworth in a bar and, like, beat her up. Like, <laughs> Chris got, like, well, ah, uh, shucks, guess, uh, guess I don't like uh, War Dog no more. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it's a different magnitude. But, yeah, Chris is, I think, the bottom of my, maybe below Keith, um, in my winning rankings. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. Uh, okay. That's it. That's everyone. That's everybody. Uh, so, Joe, who, Joseph, who is winning this season? Uh, I think I'm going to say Rick first. I feel really good about Rick. It's just that he's on Manu, and that feels wrong. So, if we look at past this bad, bad episode for Kama, I think Gavin is still my best <laughs> shot, followed by Julie. And then, then it comes messy. Eric doesn't feel right. Victoria doesn't feel right. Uh, <laughs> Reem. Reem looks real good. <laughs> Coming back from Edge of Extinction and is going to win the whole thing. So I think that seems reasonable, yeah. Uh, yep. For me, I'm going to go with Gavin number one, Rick number two, Julie number three. No, sorry. Aubrey number three, Julie number four. Uh, That's my take there. We shall um, see. And so, yeah, who's going to leave next? This is a tricky one. I mean, it's a swap, so. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Anyone can go. Let's say. Ugh. I'm going to go Victoria. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm going with Aurora. Just... Like, see, I'm looking at my Edric chart, and Aurora's just like straight UTRs, and like, yeah, that's happened, but that's boring. Like Victoria's like UTR. That would be the shock swap boot, yeah. UTR N, and it just feels it feels right, and it feels like a bad way for the season to go. But I guess I'm ready for it. I'll be devastated. She's literally one of like two characters, like. I've really had a hard time like liking this season, and like if Victoria goes, like, who do I like other than Wendy? Like, do I just have to just? I, am I just an ironic Twitter stand now? Julie, I yeah, I like Julie's Julie. Gonna too. break out in the next episode when she blindsides Victoria. Maybe I'll like Gavin. I don't know. I usually like the super fan dorks. Yeah, it's just so many of these characters are like, you're probably good, but. Yeah. Who are you? Like, yeah, I literally feel like I know like two of these people. Mm-hmm. Whereas last season, I'm like, oh my god, no! Like, anyone who goes, I'm gonna be sad about. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how. About, think about at 15 last, well, 16 because Carl went to exile. Um, but like, we knew who everyone was except mm-hmm. for like Allison and Alec to some extent, but then Alec like. Yeah, did something big. So like this season just feels like oof, there's a lot of gaps to. Yeah, I guess. Okay, question: it. Is there anybody? Okay, wait. Who is who is the third boot? It was Jeremy, right? 
Yes. Is there anybody on? Okay, like for me, I think I I think Jeremy was more developed and I enjoyed him more than solid half of this cast. Oh yeah, for sure. Like all three of the first boots are like more developed than like yeah, like five people on this. Yeah. Who is second boot? Um, Jessica. Jessica, yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah. and then Pat. And yeah, I, I think Jeremy was third, and I yeah. think like honestly, Jeremy had a great boot episode, like super developed. He had a pretty good second episode, and his premiere was pretty good too. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't think any. I I honestly think Rick has like a more developed story than Jeremy did, and Wendy does, and Wardog does. Lauren almost. Lauren's on like the same level as Jeremy. Eh. I don't know. <laughs> like uh, this is the kind of season where I'm like, ah, I guess anyone can go. <laughs> like, yeah. And the people I do like are in danger. It's sad. But that's our show. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can contact us at the winner at gmail dot com. New episodes on Saturdays this week. Uh, shared on our Survivor, our Edric, all that good stuff. We're on all the major podcast catchers. Let us know, and we'll get our hamsters on it and put on there. Uh, reviews on iTunes. Uh, we have show notes, all that kind of stuff that you'll see if you are listening to this because you'd click on the episode. So yeah, peace out. Yep. See you next week. <laughs>